Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Heston, back with another episode here on The Truth. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be doing my 2022 Bull Picks. This is a new podcast that I'm probably going to be doing for years to come. It's pretty self-explanatory. I'm going to go over each bull matchup and decide who I think is going to win the game and then go forward, uh, seeing maybe some stats with that or kind of predictions and all that stuff. So anyways, guys, starting off with the Bahamas Bowl, the first bowl of the bowl season, 6-6 six and six, Miami of Ohio taking on 6-6 six and six, UAB. I'm going to go ahead and go with UAB in this one. UAB's had a better schedule than Miami of Ohio. And although they've, although they've lost the games, you lose at LSU, you lose at Liberty, you lose at, you know, Western Kentucky. Three big opponents right there. And overall, have had a pretty solid season. Having that experience in and of itself is going to be huge for that UAB team moving forward. They're also 12th in rushing, yard, uh, rushing yards, which is going to be huge in this game against Miami of Ohio. You look defensively at the Miami of Ohio, they're averaging 135 rushing yards allowed, which is 75th in the FBS. So basically power against power, UAB is going to be able to run the ball very effectively. On top of that, their offense is just overall better. I think outpowers Miami of Ohio. UAB will win this game. Number 25, UTSA taking on number 24, Troy. UTSA 11-2 in the year. Their two losses were to Texas, which was on the road 41-20, and then they also lost to Houston 37-35. So this team right here is definitely capable of being a 13-0 team um, with winning that conference championship. But overall, the biggest storyline in this one is their offense and their offensive performances throughout the year. 12th in total yards, 19th in passing yards, 12th in points. They score a lot of points very fast um, and very quick. For Troy, I think the biggest takeaway in this one is they're going to be able to need to catch up to that as well as stop um, you know, the offense for them. Overall, total yards, rushing yards, they're kind of in the top fourth of the pack, you know, 40th and 50th, so not the worst case scenario, but I think UTSA's offense is going to overpower Troy, and that's going to be the difference maker in this one and why UTSA wins the Cure Bowl. Cincinnati taking on uh, Louisville in the Fenway Bowl. Cincinnati 9-3 on the year. Last year they were in the college football playoff. Obviously this year they're not. But Cincinnati still had a really solid year. You know, they lost to Tulane by 3, lost at UCF by 4, and they also lost at Arkansas by 7. And going forward, the way that Cincinnati's been able to play has been very crucial to their program's success moving forward. Cincinnati has lost all their games by a combined, well not a combined, but they've lost them by a touchdown or less. And going into this matchup against Louisville, where Louisville's a bit more spotty, sitting at a 7-5 record, with some of their losses being by more than a touchdown, it really begs the question if Louisville is going to be able to compete. Now Louisville's got a good offense, defenses are right. I feel like Cincinnati is just well-focused and well-balanced and has both success on the offensive side and defensive side. And overall, they've been there, done that in the big primetime games. They're going to win this one here. Taking a look at our next matchup, we got SMU and BYU in the New Mexico Bowl. Both teams are 7-5 overall. I'm going to give the edge to BYU. Now, BYU's been interesting. BYU, I think it was last year or the year before, really was competing for overall kind of the best non-Power 5 team, which wasn't necessarily important back then, but now with the expanded playoff format can actually get you inside the playoff. Their offense has been consistent, and that's been the biggest storyline for them. Their defense has definitely struggled. Looking to look at their defensive numbers, you look at they're all plus 170 as far as ranks in the uh, NCAA. 416 yards, that's up there. 170th in passing yards. So overall, BYU has not had any success really on the defensive side. They have had a success on the offensive side, and a similar thing can be applied for SMU. 
SMU is 10th in passing yards in total. So looking at that offense and looking at what you know the points are going to be able to produce, I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I'm going to go 45-42 BYU. I trust BYU a little bit more. SMU is in, is favored in this one, so that might be a game where you want to maybe double down and, and find a uh, not a safe bet, but maybe take a risk with a bet here on the underdogs. I think BYU is going to be your target. Fresno State and Washington State. This is also going to be a very interesting matchup. Washington State is seven and five. Fresno State is nine and four, including the win against Boise State in the Mountain West Championship game, twenty-eight to sixteen. Both teams have played really well so far this season. Fresno, I think, is a bit more balanced. You know, on the defensive side, they have really good success, and the offensive side, they also have pretty good success. They're kind of middle of the pack, though. You know, they're not going to be first in passing or first in defense. They're going to do enough, and they're very balanced with that. I think that's going to be huge for them. On top of that, they get an extra game, or they had an extra game with the conference championship game that they played. And that might not seem to be like a big deal now, but going forward, that's a huge deal in having, you know, one more game of experience, especially in a primetime situation. Washington State is in a much better Pac-12 now before UCLA and USC leaves. And they've had a solid season, but I think Fresno State outpowers them just by their balance and being able to play both sides of the football very effectively. Lending Tree Bowl takes place between Rice and Southern Miss. This is going to be an interesting game because I feel like both teams don't really know much about each other, and a lot of people don't know about teams in general. I think the biggest thing, if you guys don't know anything about Southern Miss, it's their win they had against Tulane 27-24. They are currently sitting with a 6-6 six and six record. On the flip side for Rice, they're 5-7, and seven, so they kind of got lucky as far as bowl eligibility and kind of filling in games here. Rice really didn't have that good of a season overall. You know, they were pretty good um, in a third down percentage, which is all right uh, when you're talking about getting in third down, but it's always better when you're just not in third down in general. Southern Miss overall has had a pretty solid year compared to Rice, and for that reason alone, I'm going to go with Rice, pulling off the upset of the 5-7 and seven record and stealing a win here against Southern Rice in the Lending Tree Bowl. Number 14, Oregon State taking on Florida. I think a lot of people are expecting this game to be um, a very good affair, and it should be. But on top of that, don't underestimate a team like Florida. Florida's 10-point dogs. They have a quarterback in Richardson that could potentially be a lottery pick. I've never been a big Oregon State fan this year, and if you've listened to the podcast, you'll know why. Florida also plays in a much more competitive conference. The SEC is one of the best conferences in all of football. Actually, it is the best conference. The three losses, or actually they've lost six times, but three losses that come to mind, Florida State, they lost by seven. That's a given. They lost to Vanderbilt by seven, which is obviously a very tough loss. And then LSU and Georgia, they also got crushed. So there's a little bit of inconsistencies there. <clears throat> but we take a look in their first week, they beat Utah. That was a big win for them. Uh, you know, they barely lost to Tennessee. So they've had a solid year. And like I said, just Richardson leading the helm for Florida has been huge for them. They haven't played great defense, but they've played enough offense to really kind of get the ball down the field. And on top of that, hold the ball to have a good amount of success. And that's one of the reasons why I'm going to be picking Florida in this game. Next matchup, we got Boise State taking on North Texas. I'm going to go ahead and go with Boise State. Boise State was hot until they lost to Fresno State in the MWC Conference Championship. Overall, I do think Boise State's got the edge over North Texas. They've played a little bit tougher of a schedule. Um, they've also faced some more better teams. 
North Texas, however, did make the Conference USA Championship. They got crushed, however, to UTSA. And look at some of these other teams that are bowl eligible, like UAB and Rice. They split with those two. So as far as teams that are kind of in their same realm, um, they definitely haven't played the greatest. They got crushed by SMU. Um, that was a game at home, too, which was a big loss for them. But their overall offensive success was their main driven area. You know, look at some of these ranks here, 29th in points, 32nd in total yards. You don't think a team like North Texas would be kind of fit into that mix, but their defense has definitely killed them. I think Boise State's got better defense, and being able to limit the offensive production and be able to score points as Boise State has done all year is going to be the reason why they win this game. UConn taking on Marshall. I'm going to go ahead and go with UConn. Not many people know much about UConn as far as football is concerned. UConn is 6-6 six and 5th six and in the independence, even though that doesn't really mean anything because they're all independents. So they've had an interesting season, and that's kind of one thing that's different compared to Marshall is Marshall isn't a conference, and uh, UConn, can think of the team, for example, is not. And when we think of Marshall, we obviously think that big win they had at Notre Dame in Week 2. 26 to 21 but since then honestly they're a bit disappointed especially with some of the games that they've played you know losing to teams uh, like Louisiana Coastal Carolina uh, Troy even or Bowling Green North Texas on the offensive side honestly was pretty good their biggest thing was their defense their defense was phenomenal rush defense was tied fifth in the country a team like Marshall getting their fifth best defense as far as third down percentage they were 32 percent so they're among the ranks there in the top of the country Biggest storyline was their passing. Their passing was really, really bad. UConn, on the flip side, had pretty much zero offense. Well, I shouldn't say zero offense. They had zero passing offense. They're a very run-heavy team. Overall, you know, when you're running the football the way that they run the football, you'd expect to be a little bit better. But I think their run running game is going to outplay the North Texas running game, and that's going to be the reason why UConn beats Marshall. Next, we got Eastern Michigan taking on San Jose State in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. I'm going to go ahead and go with Eastern Michigan. They're 8-4 on the year. They've had a pretty solid year. Biggest thing for them is just balanced football. That's been huge for them. You know, On the defensive side, they've given up 28.6 points, which is a little bit, um, actually not a little bit, pretty heavily on the wrong side of where you don't want to be. And so if they're able to kind of stop San Jose's offense, that's going to be huge for them. San Jose has been very spotty. Their defense has been their strongest point. Their offense is good, uh, but I think their offenses are their offense had success because of their defense, and that's one of the things too. Where it's like your defense plays good, and defense wins championships. So it kind of flips the field and field position, and the offense is able to have success. And I think that's going to be a similar situation here. I like Eastern Michigan outplaying San Jose's defense and getting the dub there. Next game, we got Liberty taking on Toledo in the Bacon Rattan Bowl. Liberty, if you guys know me, I was a huge Liberty fan. They started off the year really great, and then they just completely fell off a cliff, currently on a three-game losing streak. They have an opportunity, though, to bounce back against Toledo. And Liberty played tremendously on both sides. You know, Points would have been a little bit better on the defensive side, but overall, very solid numbers. And for their solid you know, numbers that they produce, and overall success they had at the start of the year. Having these three three game losing streak or this three game losing streak's been huge for them, but they have an opportunity now where they did to kind of regroup and, and refocus their attention on going in their winning direction. I think that alone is gonna be the reason why they're able to win this game. I think they beat Toledo pretty mightily as well.
Next bowl we're going to cover is the New Orleans Bowl. And the New, New Orleans Bowl, excuse me, is going to feature Western Kentucky and Southern Alabama. Western Kentucky is one of the best offenses, I think, in the nation year in and year out, particularly their pass offense. Their pass offense was fourth in the nation this season, which is huge. 339 yards per game. That's definitely up there. Points, 35.8. And honestly, the biggest takeaway for them is their defensive production was also better. It wasn't great. Don't get me wrong. Their defense could have been better. But typically, I feel like Western Kentucky plays almost zero defense. And their defense was a huge improvement. Going up against a team like South Alabama, who was 10-2 on the year, and overall played pretty solid. Um, overall, you know, good offense, good defense. Their defensive passing was a little bit lacking. I think that's going to be a huge disadvantage for them. When you have a matchup like Western Kentucky, who's going to pass the football a lot, you want to have good passing defense, and that just I don't think is going to be the case in this game. I think for that reason alone, Western Kentucky is going to win this game pretty mightily. Baylor and Air Force. Baylor is heavily favored in this one. Air Force has three better wins compared. And overall, the Air Force, Falcons, you never know what you're going to get year in and year out. What you do know is a rushing attack is going to be there. They average 331.5 rushing yards. That is second in the nation. That is absolutely ridiculous. Now, obviously, they're passing yards 261st with 67.8. So you have some uh, some question marks on the passing side. But that's what Air Force is going to do. They're going to run the football. They're going to run that weird option thingy that they do. And on the flip side for Baylor, their rushing defense was kind of top you know 50 or top 60 in the nation. It's going to be a very interesting game. I think Air Force do, does have the edge in this one. Rushing the ball 331 yards a game is so, like, huge and overall air force finished nine and three for a reason baylor did finish six and six in the big 10 which is definitely a good sign and their defense is pretty solid especially those linebackers that they have there i think air force though their running offense just outweighs their uh their defense uh, baylor's defense is what i'm talking about i think air force gets the dub houston taking on louisiana houston's a similar situation compared to western kentucky as far as their passing attack 11th in the nation in passing yards, 28th in total yards, 14th in points. Their offense was there. The defense, or the flip side, the defense was not there. And their best part on their defense was their rushing attack. And going up against a team like Louisiana, who runs the ball about middle of the pack in the NCAA, that's going to play to Houston's advantage a lot. Obviously, it's going to be another high-scoring affair for Houston. I'm expecting their offense to be great, just like Western Kentucky. And I think that reason alone puts Houston above uh, Louisiana. Wake Forest taking on Missouri in the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. A lot of people are going to go with Wake Forest, and I do understand the reason why, but let's not forget about Missouri. Missouri did almost beat Georgia. They almost did uh, before they kind of blew it at the end. Wake Forest, however, again, kind of similar to the other teams, top of the pack in passing yards and passing or points in general. Take a look at Missouri, uh, who plays in the SEC Conference. Their defense is actually better compared to some other SEC teams that are in that conference that a lot of people know about. Their offense does have some struggles, and that's going to be their biggest kind of key for success. If Missouri is going to be able to win this game, is if their defense is going to be able to step up. I personally don't think it's going to step up. You know, I think that Wake Forest's offense, particularly their passing offense, is going to be able to outweigh Missouri's defense. And since Missouri's defense is going to be able to get those stops to set up the offense, their offense isn't really as good as it should be. That's going to lead the door for you know the Missouri offense to really falter and struggle. And that's going to be one of the main reasons why I'm going to go ahead and go with Wake Forest winning this game here. The Hawaii Bowl will feature Middle Tennessee State versus San Diego State. 
In this one, I'm going to go with Middle Tennessee State. Both teams are 7-5. and five. Middle Tennessee, not too many people know a lot about them, but one thing that you should know about them is they have a good passing attack. And their defense is all right, particularly their running defense is actually really solid. For San Diego State, you know, 7-5 record, you got a lot to be pleased about. I think what you got more to be pleased about is their defense. 66th in rushing yards, 80th in pass defense, that's huge. On the flip side, their offense could definitely use some work. But in the conference that they're in, to have defense, there's no wonder why they're 7-5. and five. Middle Tennessee, though, I think is going to outplay them, outpower them, and kind of like Missouri, I think San Diego State's offense is just going to flutter and, uh, and be too soft. And overall, Middle Tennessee is going to take advantage of that. But I don't think they're going to score as many points as uh, some people are expecting them to be. I think it's just going to be a good 27-24 victory, Middle Tennessee State. New Mexico State takes on Bowling Green in the Quick Lane Bowl. New Mexico State is in the Independence, which, again, a lot of people don't know too much about. Similar situation there is they score a good amount of points, but overall it's kind of set up by their defense and their rushing attack. Their passing yards defense is 30th in the nation, which is going to be huge going up against a team like Bowling Green, who Bowling Green um, has pretty good passing offense compared to their rushing attack. They don't really rush the ball that efficiently. On the defensive side, though, for Bowling Green, their defense does suck. Um, going into this matchup against New, New Mexico State, they're going to kind of have to shoot the horn, stop them on the passing attack and run the football, but most importantly, put up points. I think they're going to do that. I think their experience that they had in the MAC this season is really going to push them over to that next edge. It's going to be one of the main reasons why they have success. I have Bowling Green winning this game here. Buffalo and Georgia Southern is going to be the next bowl game that we're going to talk about here. And what bowl are they in? They are in the Camellia. I don't think I said that right. Camellia? Camellia Bowl? Chameleon? No, Camellia. I'm just kidding. Camellia Bowl. Buffalo this season. The Buffalo Bulls, not the Buffalo Bills. Honestly, pretty solid year. Good offense, good defense. Um, that's obviously a good recipe when you're able to play both sides of the football very effectively. We take a look at the other team that they're going to be facing, or their opponent, Georgia Southern. Finished 6-6 six and six on the year this season, 7th in the nation in passing yards. I think a lot of people did not know that. That's obviously been their key to success. Their defense, well, when your offense is as good as it is and the conference that it is, their defense is typically not that good, and that's been the case. And ultimately, I think that's going to be their downfall because Buffalo plays tremendous on both sides. They play good enough offense, they play good enough defense, and defense can lead to offensive opportunities. They even get one stop in this game, one stop, it could be the difference maker in this one. I think they are going to get that uh, stop. I also think that they're going to have maybe a couple other stops that's going to be huge. And Buffalo's been in this situation before, whereas Georgia Southern doesn't have as much experience. I like Buffalo winning this game. Taking a look at our next bowl matchup, it is the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl between Memphis and Utah State. I'm going to go with Memphis. Uh, I love teams in these bowl games that have really great offense. I don't really care too much about their defense. Their defense can obviously, well, I shouldn't say their defense can get better, but their defense can be better over a period of time. Memphis's offense has slowed down compared to previous seasons, but it's still amongst you know some of the best in the nation. And in the AAC conference where defense is huge, You'd maybe expect a little bit more of maybe an offensive showcase or maybe more defensive showcase, and that just hasn't been the case. The biggest storyline in this one that's going to be a little bit contradicting is Utah State's 61st in pass defense. While Memphis obviously passes the ball a lot, and Utah State's going to be able to maybe potentially stop their passing game. 
Overall, though, I think Memphis is going to outplay their defense. I don't think they're going to be as good offensively as some people are expecting it. It's going to be another one of those games where it really should be a 27-24 to fair and not a 51-50 to or even a 51-25, to something like that game. But Memphis will outpower Utah State in the first responder bowl. It's going to be a big win there. Coastal Carolina and East Carolina. It's interesting there and that bowl there. That bowl is going to be the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. Now, Coastal Carolina had a pretty solid year. I guess a lot of people can say they lost to Troy in the conference championship. Had a chance against a good team in Virginia, but obviously that got canceled for multiple reasons. They did have a solid season, though, and Coastal Carolina is known for their tremendous offense, particularly their kind of rushing-style offense where they have a triple-option triple threat. But on top of that, they also have really good passing uh, offense, which I think has been a big improvement for them, which has been kind of huge to their success because they, when they when they made that undefeated run, um, at least to start, you know, when they faced BYU, I think their passing offense was one of the reasons why they did falter. Zach Wilson was obviously the quarterback for BYU, and they had a better passing offense there. Uh, they do have good rushing defense, though. When you have a good rushing attack, it's always nice to see them have a good rushing defense. And East Carolina also has a good rushing defense. So it's going to be interesting to see Have both teams have really good offenses. Both teams have good rushing defenses. So obviously, I think that eliminates the fact, or kind of not eliminates, but um, adds to the fact that the biggest storyline is going to be the team's passing attack and how well the teams are going to be able to pass the football. Because if they both are not the greatest at pass defense but good at run defense, Maybe one team passes better than the other. Of course, Carolina passes better, and uh, they're able to open the, door and open the door and have more opportunities there. I do like Coastal Carolina winning this game, though. I think they've been there, done that. They've been consistent year in and year out, especially as of late. So they should have another big win here. Oklahoma State taking on Wisconsin, a Big 12, Big 10 bowl in the guaranteed rate bowl. Wisconsin, man, they fell off a cliff. I guess you can make the same argument with Oklahoma State, but the biggest storyline uh, in this game is Wisconsin's inability to really have any pass offense. Oklahoma State comes from a conference and even a school where passing is huge, and Oklahoma State's had tremendous passing. Wisconsin's got a good defense, though. That's going to make them a big-time threat in this game, whereas Oklahoma State isn't the best at run defense. They're good, um, but compared to Wisconsin's run defense, they're obviously not matchable. I do think Oklahoma State's going to outpower them. I think Wisconsin's offense is really going to flutter, and um, Graham Mertz at the quarterback position is not going to be having a good day and having a good game. I think Oklahoma State does win this game, honestly, pretty easy, maybe like a 31-13 to affair. UCF taking on Duke. This is going to be an intriguing matchup in the Military Bowl. UCF started the year off very good. Duke also started the year off pretty solid. Both offenses, man, they're phenomenal. That's going to be the biggest kind of storyline in this one. Duke's offense is good. Both teams play relatively solid defense. Duke plays better rushing um, on the defensive side, whereas UCF does better rushing. So UCF was actually 16th in rushing yards this year, which is going to be interesting to see how those two giants clash. But UCF also has played in that conference championship game, and I really do believe having that one-game advantage is a lot bigger than a lot of people expect. On top of that, I think UCF's just the better team. UCF's got better offense. They've got better coaching staff. And they got a better defense. And those three recipes right there are usually the recipes to success. Duke's had a good year, though, so they will definitely put up a fight. But I'd be very curious to see how this one plays out moving forward. UCF is my prediction. Kansas taking on Arkansas. I'm going to go ahead and go with Kansas. Remember when Kansas was ranked? Well, it didn't last very long. Remember when Arkansas was ranked? Well, it also didn't last very long. 
Arkansas, however, I think on paper is the better team. The biggest thing for Arkansas, well, really both teams, was their defense sucked. And I think it's more important for Kansas because they're in a uh, Big 12 where defense is, is huge in its own way. It's like you need that one or two stops with how prolific some of these offenses are. The SEC, obviously, they just play really good football. So Arkansas's flaws on the defensive side were definitely shown. Their offensive not struggles, though, were obviously very prevalent, too. Particularly particularly their rushing attack. The rushing attack was atop some of the best in the nation. And going forward, that's going to be their strength, especially in this matchup here. I do think Kansas outpowers them, though. Kansas got a better passing attack, and I think the Big 12 is going to do really well here in these bowl weeks. Oregon versus North Carolina in the Holiday Bowl. Oregon's obviously very heavily favored in this one, but let's not count out North Carolina. Let's take a deeper dive, though, at the over-under right now for this matchup. It's 70.5 points. I'm going to give Oregon the edge, and I think one of the main reasons why is defense. Their defense is obviously better, especially their rush defense compared to their pass defense. And on the flip side for North Carolina, their pass, def- pass offense is better than their rushing offense. So it's going to be kind of a scheme of two things. I think the biggest thing in this one is Oregon's going to be able to stop that North Carolina passing attack compared to the running attack. And obviously North Carolina is going to have to ditch the running attack when Oregon jumps out to that early lead. Oregon had a pretty solid year, obviously besides their week one loss to Georgia. Bo Nix at the helm obviously did a great job of kind of regrouping that team and making them a serious playoff threat moving forward. This is going to be an interesting matchup though, and it definitely is going to pique my interest. Both teams kind of contrasting different styles. I'm still going to give the edge, though, however, to Oregon. Texas Tech and Ole Miss. I'm going to go with Ole Miss. Ole Miss with a devastating loss last, I guess you should say, last game of the year uh, to Mississippi State. And overall, they kind of had a rough stretch. They lost to LSU. They lost to Arkansas. They lost to Bama. They have a chance to regroup against Texas Tech. Texas Tech in that Big 12 conference, known for their offense, not necessarily known for their defense. I kind of want to make the argument that Ole Miss is kind of better known for their defense, but they're also really good at the offense attack. They have 7th, they're 7th in rushing yards, 11th in total yards. And on the defensive side, they have great pass defense. When you get a team again like Texas Tech in the Big 12, pass defense is huge. I think that's going to be the difference maker in this one. Ole Miss will be Texas Tech. Sorry, Ashton Coates. Next matchup, we got Syracuse taking on Minnesota. Syracuse is going to win this game. Syracuse was ranked early on to start the year. Then they completely fell off a cliff. Minnesota has been all right. I feel like Minnesota has also been a bit spotty. I do think Minnesota obviously has tremendous running game. Uh, Mohamed Ibrahim ran for almost like 250 yards um, when he played Iowa. But offense and especially running is going to be huge to their success. Their defense is also going to be huge, and Syracuse on the flip side, when they started off the year ranked, they had a really good offensive showcase. Their defense has gotten better, and their defense is overall better. I think their offense is better than Minnesota's in the term of the fact that Minnesota's running game is going to be faltered, and that's going to be a big difference, and I think Syracuse does win this game here. Florida State taking on Oklahoma. I'm a big Florida State fan. Florida State's 13th in the nation. I feel like nobody's talking about them. I'm not trying to bash um, Oklahoma, but Oklahoma had a terrible season this year. New year or new head coach first season, it was horrible. They definitely did not live up to expectations whatsoever. And honestly, I find it quite disrespectful that a team like Oklahoma is even matched up to Florida State right now. Florida State in their ACC conference, if it wasn't for Clemson, would easily be in the ACC championship game. 
but sitting at the 13th spot playing great fundamental football, that's really been the difference maker. And I think Florida State's going to go into Oklahoma and really kind of show the disrespect, or not show disrespect, but show why they're being disrespected by playing in a bowl matchup against Oklahoma. Next matchup we have here is going to be an interesting one. It's Washington and Texas, two teams that are completely, well, I shouldn't say completely underrated because obviously Washington's up there. But Texas also at the number 20 spot. Texas and Oklahoma, or Texas and Washington are two teams here in the Alamo Bowl that I'm going to have a lot of attention towards. Texas obviously and Quinn Ewers at offense, they almost beat Bama, but their defense was also very solid. That's particularly their rush defense. And the Big 12 rushing I don't think is very huge. Big thing for Washington is they played great offensively, second in passing yards this season, 376.7. You don't expect that a lot. What you do when you got Michael Pettix Jr. Um, at their quarterback? On the defensive side, their defense was also really good, and their rush defense in particular was even was even better. Their rush defense was really solid. They actually finished 9th or 61st in rush defense, and Texas and Bijan Robinson and that running staff is going to have a tough task ahead of them. But I do think Texas does overpower Washington. I like Washington a lot. Honestly, I like Texas too. So it can go either way, but I'm going to go ahead and stick with Texas. North Carolina State taking on Maryland. North Carolina State's currently 23, 23rd ranked in the nation. Maryland, I'm kind of surprised that they're here. Obviously, they became bowl eligible, played really bad defense. On the flip side, though, they got Tualia Tua Tagovailoa to his brother. So that can be a positive there. But North Carolina State played great defense, especially in the ACC Conference. 18th overall in rushing yards. Passing defense could have a little bit of an impact just because Tagovailoa is on the other side. And Maryland is known for their pass offense. But I think North Carolina gets the better of Maryland. I think they play better offense compared to Maryland. Um, that's kind of hard to do when you have Tagovailoa running the quarterback position. UCLA taking on Pittsburgh. I'm going to go with UCLA. I think US, UCLA was disrespected by being put in this uh, matchup with Pitt. They play in the Pac-12, had some big wins, obviously some tough losses. Great offense, great rush defense. That's what you're kind of expecting out of UCLA team, a Ship Kelly team. On the flip side for Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh also had a solid year. You know, I'd like to see Pittsburgh maybe have a little bit more production on both sides of the football, but I think UCLA is just overmatched for them. I think they're too good of an opponent. It's kind of one of those tough situations for Pittsburgh where you expect them to be good um, and, and maybe compete, but UCLA is obviously top-notch and really had a good season thus far. Next matchup, we have South Carolina versus Notre Dame. South Carolina is not good. Spencer Rattler is not good. Uh, South Carolina is very spotty. They did beat Tennessee. They also beat Clemson. Although Notre Dame didn't have the best of seasons as far as their standards are concerned, you do expect Notre Dame's defense to at least get those one or two big stops that are actually going to be the difference maker in this game against South Carolina. Because if South Carolina gets stopped once, they're screwed. Because their defense is horrible. Their offense is good. But when you go up against a team like Notre Dame, who just you know made recently made the college football playoff, they're going to be able to get the stops that they need to have success, and I think that's going to be an underrated factor in this game, so Notre Dame should win this one actually pretty easily. Ohio and Wyoming, Ohio is going to win this game. Ohio did lose to Toledo in the MAC championship, which which has been a big fall for them, but a bigger fall for Wyoming is their inability to pass the football. And you'd expect the school, in a way, with Josh Allen coming out of it to be better passing, and it just wasn't the case this season, and it happens. Running is good, but their run defense for Ohio is also good, too. I think moving forward, that's going to be interesting to note in this matchup, how good Ohio is um, compared to Wyoming if they're able to have some of the successes that maybe their predecessors 
at the school did. Tennessee versus Clemson. I'm going to go with Clemson. Uh, Clemson's a better team. Tennessee really prides themselves in Hendon Hooker and his ability to make plays. And that's a good thing to have and a good, I guess you could say, trade to have. But on top of that, Clemson, you know, is losing DJ Ogolavale, which honestly is not that bad of a situation because he went, went, what, like 8 for 29 against South Carolina? Didn't look sharp, but Clemson can survive without their quarterback, whereas Tennessee can't. And you kind of saw the downfall of Tennessee in a way with not having, um, I guess, Hendon Hooker playing throughout the year. Because if they have Hendon Hooker throughout the year, then it's a different story. That just hasn't been the case this season. And moving forward, we'll be curious to see how this matchup fares. I think Clemson, however, is the better team, and just being able to survive without their quarterback is going to be something worth noting moving forward. Next, we got Alabama taking on Kansas State. Bama lost by a combined four points. And if you look logistically, they should potentially, maybe, should, I don't even know, be in the playoff. They lost by a combined four points. And who'd they lose to? Tennessee and LSU. So two tough losses there. Kansas State did win the Big 12 championship. They just beat Max Dugan and TCU. But I think Bama, just the ability that they've been playing, they have two potential top two even draft picks going into this this year's draft and that's going to be huge for them I don't know if they're going to be playing I don't know their bowl situation but even if they're not playing in the bowl game you obviously know that Bama's just built their team around winning and built their team I guess around backups not necessarily but they have anybody they can throw into the mix and have success from the get-go so that's going to be something to notice moving forward next matchup Iowa Kentucky I'd love to go with Iowa here but reasonably, reasonably speaking, I'm going to go with Kentucky. Kentucky is the better team. Kentucky is, I believe, not playing Will Levis. Or Will Levis isn't playing because he's preparing for the NFL draft. But overall, the Iowa, you know, Iowa's got a great defense, but their offense has been terrible. And they're going to have to start a quarterback that's potentially not started in the college game yet with Spencer Peaches and Padilla out. So if their quarterback situation is bad enough then, imagine how bad it's going to be now. I hope I'm wrong, Mauer. I hope Iowa's offense comes to light. Their defense is going to keep them in the game, but I think their offense is going to be that bad that uh, there's just really no point in playing the game moving forward. Michigan and TCU in the first playoff. I'm going to go with TCU. TCU did lose to the Big 12 championship, but they barely lost, and frankly, they could have probably and should have won. Michigan, they're undefeated this season, but Michigan's looked a bit spotty. You know, they beat Ohio State, boo-hoo. Even Iowa won at Ohio State. Or not at Ohio State, but they beat Ohio State. You're expecting to win those games, especially if you want to make the college football playoff. I think Michigan's offense is going to lack tremendously, and that's going to be the biggest storyline because TCU plays great offense. They also play great on the defensive side. Having those two sides right there is going to actually be huge for uh, TCU to have their success. I think that's going to be the reason why they win this game and um, advance the national championship against who? Look at our next college football semifinal. It is number one Georgia versus number four Ohio State. I'm going to go with Georgia, and if Georgia played any one of the three teams in the college football playoff besides themselves, um, they probably win. And um, spoiler alert, they're going to win the whole thing because they're <laughs> just that good. They have a freaking six foot seven giant tight end. They have the best defense in the nation. Offensively and defensively, statistically, is the best. And you just can't get better than what Georgia has. Now, Ohio State did kind of luckily get into this game just because they didn't play in a Big Ten championship or anything like that. But Ohio State had a pretty solid year, and they're going to put up a good fight. It's going to be an interesting battle. Obviously, I th- well, I shouldn't say obviously. I think this game is going to be better than a 2-3 matchup. It's really going to come down to the wire. But I think overall, 
Um, I'm curious to see how this team fares and how this team's going to be able to play, but I think Georgia's just so good that they're going to outduel them. Mississippi State taking on Illinois as the time I'm recording this podcast. Yesterday, I believe, I got the news that Mike Leach had died, and that's a really big culture shock for Mississippi State to lose your head coach technically during season, uh, but at least you have some time to kind of prep for that and whatnot. It's never the same, though, with losing your head coach. But overall, Illinois' offense has played pretty bad. Their defense has been the reason why they've had success. And I think for that reason alone, Mississippi State having a good enough offense to outduel the Illinois defense and play good enough defense to stop Illinois' offensive attack is going to be the reason why they're able to have success and win this game. On top of that, they're playing for their coach. USC taking on Tulane. I really want to pick USC, but I'm going to pick Tulane. One of the reasons why is Tulane is a non-Power 5 team. Thanks, Niall, obvious. Everyone knows that. But what a lot of people don't know is actually a non-Power 5, non-power five team when they face a Power 5 team, like USC, they actually typically have success against them. It's really weird. So there's no statistically stats proven it. I'm just going to go ahead and say Tulane wins. And when Tulane beats USC because they're a non-Power 5 team, you guys come back and let me know. Next matchup, we got LSU versus Purdue. I'm going to go with LSU. Purdue shouldn't even be in this position. The only reason why Purdue's in this position is because Iowa couldn't figure out how to beat Nebraska uh, to make their birth into the college football, or Big Ten championship, I should say. LSU's been the way better team. They've had a way better schedule playing in the SEC conference. It's huge for them. And overall, they're just a better team. Purdue's all right, but I'm not expecting too much from Purdue. I think overall, uh, Purdue will put up a good fight, but they're missing so much, especially on the defensive side. It's going to be hard to stop Jane Daniels and that LSU offense. Utah versus Penn State. I'm going to go with Penn State. I don't think a lot of people give Penn State credit. Penn State's still a really good football school. They've been so much better this season. Sean Clifford led that team to a tremendous amount of success. And on top of that, their defense has been playing out of their ass and just playing phenomenal. And I'm really excited to see this Penn State team going to Utah. Playing in the, well, not going into Utah, but playing Utah in the Rose Bowl the second straight year for the Utah Utes, who kind of fell off before beating USC in the Pac-12 championship game. And then finally, the national championship, it's going to be Georgia taking on TCU, in my opinion. Georgia's going to win. Georgia's just the best team, and it's going to be really hard to beat them, whoever Georgia plays uh, moving forward. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value you do not want to miss. Like I mentioned, I was supposed to actually do this podcast Monday or Tuesday originally when I had planned it, and I completely forgot about it because for some reason I thought the bowl game started next week. So I'm sorry for not getting it out extremely early, but I am getting it out before my football podcast for the week, so at least that's a plus. Until next time, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Huston, signing out. Take care, and good night. Peace. Peace.